We should put this question out to the listeners. Should we do more often catch-ups? Mm, yes. And catch-ups. Should we? Yes. I know uh, thinking about all that has happened since, it's a lot. It's a lot that we could yeah. talk about. So, yeah. It's a, that was a long run. Long run. 19 I, guests, I counted, oh my since gosh. our last catch-up. How many weeks, this is me beating myself up like I always do, how many weeks did we not issue an episode? I think it was one. In this run? Mm-hmm. Was it one? I can yeah, think of maybe one. one. I think it was one and then like just there was a slight shift. Yeah, we, we slipped In a little into the Wednesdays. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for slipping into the Wednesdays. <laughs> Let's talk to our neighbors, because everyone can inspire. So Trevor, last time we talked about you had a whole truckload of books coming at you. Yes. Has that been delivered? It has. Did that make it? I have four boxes of books. I think there was 175 books showed up shortly after we spoke last. And I've gone through a handful of them. People, I think... These days, it's easier to get a book online. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I'm going to go like travel, tour around the city, handing out books, like a book salesman. That hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet, but it will. <laughs> it's still on the, on yeah. the list. Still on but the was, list. That, was that the first time you saw it physically, like the final copy? Uh, yeah, that was the... So I had a copy that was like a proof. It was the first physical proof, they call it. Mm-hmm. Where I read through it, it was still the book, but I had changed a few things. Mm, okay. I sent it back to them, and then that was it. And then after that, all I got was an online PDF version. Mm-hmm. And then I approved it, and then ordered 175 books. Wow. And then it went out January. January came out, and the one thing I will say is... Mm-hmm. More important than the sales. I did two book readings at Tommy's school. I've never experienced anything like that. It made me want to be a teacher. I had like, what month was that? That would have been April. April was like students kicking me in the head trying to make me a teacher. Because I went in to do that book, uh, the book reading for Tommy's class. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen? I gave Tommy's teacher a book one day when I went to pick up Tommy and I just handed her the book and she's like, oh, thanks. Like, thanks for the book. And then she's looking at it and like her eyes lit up. She's like, oh, you wrote this. (laughs) Like when she realized she got so excited. So then she was fired up. She read the book. Uh, A couple days later, she was like, would you be interested in coming in and reading to the kids? And then kind of maybe answering some questions or telling telling us about the book writing process or anything really mm-hmm. and I was like yeah sure like it was really exciting and then immediately I got nervous I was like what are they gonna ask me I'm just I'm not an author oh my god <laughs> yeah it felt it felt nerve-wracking and then I found some stuff I found like the very first sketch made by the illustrator of the book mm-hmm. And then I put together this little thing where you could see the progression of the illustrations. And I thought that oh, would be cool, cool to show them. Yeah. So then I I took that in, got over my nerves, went and read. It was amazing. The kids are spectacular. Like I felt like Robert Munch. I felt like 
a huge yeah. celebrity. <laughs> and Tommy's teacher told me, she's like, yeah. they're just going to be happy to have a real author in the classroom. Yeah. So they were, oh. the questions were amazing. Some of the questions, some of them are hilarious. Like, I was hold, hold on. How, how old are the kids? Uh, seven and eight. Okay. Got Grade on. two. Uh huh. What questions? So one kid, he just kept asking the greatest questions. Like, uh, what kind of paper do you use to write on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I never wrote anything on paper. Oh, wow. It's all That's on the a computer. Cool fact. Yeah, nobody writes on paper anymore. <laughs> I'm sure someone does. Marcy. Marcy writes on paper, I think. <laughs> so, so then uh, I, so I had to answer that question. And then he was like, one of my questions was like, how, how do you tell how big to make the text or something? how big to make the words because i think they noticed like some of the words were big and bolded oh i think like having thought right. about it afterwards i'm guessing that was where the question was, was like oh i have right. a we had a uh a guy called a designer a layout guy mm. who makes decisions like that and he was giving me suggestions and i told him what i liked and what i didn't and then the one question i got over and over was how long did it take you to write this and every time I'd be like, well, from beginning, like from starting to write it to product or yeah, being produced one year. And they were like, wow, <laughs> that's one seventh of my life you spent <laughs> on your book. And then five questions later, how long did it take you to write this book? <laughs> but really. <laughs> yeah, so that the teacher would chime in. She'd be like, Remember to listen to everybody's questions because we don't want to ask the same question again. I have so much respect for teachers. There's one thing that happened in throughout this podcasting journey mm -hmm. this year is how much respect. I mean, I already had a lot of respect for teachers, but they do amazing things. We had Steph yeah. on and it was incredible to see. It's uh, foundational people for sure. Yes, definitely. So then they like they all clapped. And when I was leaving, the later that day, I was asking Tommy, like, what was your favorite part? And he's like, when they all clapped for you. He was standing beside Aww. me. He was just like the proudest <laughs> son that. ever. So then yeah. I left. And then I got an email saying, thank you. Uh, the other two grade two classes want you to come in. Will you do that? So then by then I was an expert. I had already done yeah. one. So <laughs> I was like, yes, of course. I scheduled it for the next week. Same time. And that time there was two grade two classes. It was probably 40 kids. I did it in their library. So they were all like sitting around uh. me on the floor. Afterwards, they were, and I had this big like smart board with a like, huge screen on. It was really cool. Like a really, mm. like I looked like I knew what I was doing. I read it really well. Uh, Tommy, once again, came from his class and uh. stood beside me the whole time. He's like the <laughs> proudest dude ever. <laughs> And I felt Breaks like relief, like I was a bit nervous. And then Tommy came and he's standing beside me. And I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it was it's really for you backwards. more than exactly. for you more he than did the other way around. Me. Thank you, Tommy. Yes, I love that. So then I read to that class. It went amazing. Again, huge applause. Felt like a million dollars. By then when I left, I was like, I could do this teaching thing. This, this is like super, super rewarding. Of course, I was there for half an hour. I wasn't exhausted after three full weeks of sixty hours a week. It's probably the equivalent of like babysitting. Like exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God, yeah, kids, kids are, are in the best. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, don't even have to do bedtime. Versus parenting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's a really cool feeling. Did you? Did it surprise you? It did. Yeah. And then they were like, they're coming up. It's so cute because they don't really know what to say, but they want to come up to you and like say something. So a couple of them would like come up and just stand there with like this big smile on their face. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you say something to me? And they just wanted to like be near an author. It was so cool. So then I would talk to them and the teachers are yelling at them like, we got to go. We got to go back to class. And they're like, just wait one more minute. Just not saying anything. I just need to be in his presence. I just need to take this in. Yeah. It was oh, it was so Pivotal cool. And then moment. the ones like there's friends of Tommy's, obviously, mm -hmm. in his class. One of them came up. He's like, I didn't know you made a book. You never told me you made a book. <laughs> He's just losing his mind. <laughs> like you should have texted him while yeah, we were working I should have let him know. <laughs> Throughout the year, Super I should have cool. yeah. He felt left out. So that was that. that. Those are the only two readings I've done, but an amazing feeling. And I think I told you this after. Mm -hmm. I like in my 11, 12 year engineering career, I've worked on some pretty cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen some pretty cool things being built. I have never felt anything close to being that rewarding in that time. That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's, and that's like, like you said, the song about the sales right like when you came down to like the the effort that you put into working on this it wasn't so you could count sales like hopefully mm -hmm. those will come the more you get to put it out there and share it yeah. with people but the, the the reward of like seeing the kids and how they take it in did you guys discuss the message or like yeah. get into that at all yeah there was questions about the message uh why did you choose to write about this uh there were suggestions on what should be the next book yes. like what do you what's the second book gonna be about and then it's like i don't know what do you guys think we should do and the suggestions were amazing i don't know if i remember all of them but one was like they have a baby oh. <laughs> polar Classic. bear and walrus have a baby it's funny like how you just like never expect where the feedback is gonna come from like yeah. i wouldn't have expected the kids are gonna be the, the, mm. the, so you know kids that age are gonna be determining where your writing career goes but as soon as yeah. i heard this i was like yes the series makes absolute sense and i i also want to read all these other books i agree i hadn't even thought about a series and then afterwards you and i were just like one evening rambling about <laughs> all the that. options yeah <laughs> during like school pickups that Tommy usually wants to play at the playground after school for like a few minutes. So then I would go to the playground and for probably five days after the book readings, kids were like coming up to me. Hey, Tommy's dead. I really like Aww. your book. And then they like <laughs> giggle and run away. <laughs> the parents are like, who is this dude that like all the kids are talking to? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a cool thing that happened this year. That is beyond cool. I loved hearing about it. I love seeing the photos of it. I, oh, by the way, everybody should follow, what is it? TV Doran Books? Oh, yeah. Trevor Doran Books. Trevor Doran Books on Instagram. At Trevor Doran Books on these, Instagram. See these amazing uh, book readings take place. And, and more. Trevor, I want more. <laughs> I know. I've been Keep doing it. I know. You're a little busy. You're a little busy. I, uh, I do have to do more. It's on my list to go to some of the bookstores in Calgary, like the small ones. Okay, now, <sighs> tell me, how's the entrepreneur life going? 
Oh my goodness. We were, what was it? We were welcoming forward the new year into your new lifestyle changes. Into my new life. Um, it's funny because we've done so many interviews with so many <laughs> entrepreneurs and they've all said the exact same thing, which is like, get your shit in order before you quit. None of them did it. They all yeah. did the same thing I yeah. did, but they all learned the lesson and now they're wise and they're telling youngsters like me to get your affairs in order before you leave. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't listen. Why would I? And my affairs are not in order. <laughs> and it feels unsettling. I'll use the word unsettling. I am loving it. Mm -hmm. The time has been spectacular. How could it not be? Like I'm just soaking up the time with the family. And I'm getting to explore these ideas like fully. Normally, mm -hmm. when I was working, I would get an idea. It would be great. I'd be excited for an hour. And then I would go to work and the idea would dissipate into nothing. So then what I've noticed now is I'll get ideas and I'll have the space to explore them. I'm not saying any of them have become anything yet, but at least I'm like really working on them and I'm like giving them the attention that they deserve. So that's one that's really cool. cool thing. Yeah. There are days when like the amount of faith you have to have to get over those tough days, mm -hmm. I underestimated. Mm. Like when I left work, I was like, I'm going to be great. This is going to be awesome. It's going to happen. If yeah. anyone could do it, it's me. A week in, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. Scary. <laughs> it's scary. Just, there's moments where I'm like sitting in my living room, looking around at like the kids and Laura. I'm like, what did I do? Mm. And then the only thing that you can do in that moment is have faith. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, in that moment, there's nothing I can go do. I can't call my boss and say, tomorrow I'm coming in. <laughs> mistake i have to i have to have faith and i have to find that and that's been probably the biggest lesson so far that it'll work out do you feel like you're getting better at finding that faith in those moments yeah. or like yeah. what helps figuring out what helps because it's easy like it's easy to say you should you need to have faith yeah. I, I imagine in the moment it's much harder like you need some kind of something to snap out of it yeah Kind it's of like, <laughs> I don't know, to bring you back. The people, the support system that I've created. Mm -hmm. I could not have done it without the people that I know. Mm -hmm. If I go two days in a row where I'm not feeling great about it, the second day I'm calling someone. Like the first day I'm like feeling it out, trying to work through it. Uh, of course, Laura's always there to help. Um, who was it? I think it was Jack, Jacqueline Conway, who was like, sometimes your spouse isn't the right person. Uh, to work through things because they're too close mm -hmm. uh, so then the, if the second day I'm still working on it I'll like reach out to someone I underestimated underestimated how powerful your network is mm -hmm. like just how powerful a small group of friends can be mm -hmm. and that's been that's been amazing yeah, that's huge. I just like I inject like it's like when you when I hear you talk about oh I was talking to this person or this person gave me these this advice and these tips. It's like, um, it's it's impressive actually how we have these like super humans. <laughs> is what it feels like, you know, yeah. this like uh, super team around us that it's it's mm -hmm. easy to be uh, in 
like impressed by them and in awe of what they've accomplished and who they've become and all of these things. But it's not necessarily easy to reach out for help or right. think about how, you know, you may be able to call on them in moments where, where you need uh, some perspective or some advice. Mm -hmm. And so kudos to you for doing that because I know it's, it's a hard thing. And, and we know from the other side, like, it's great to be asked for help and be able to pass on what you've learned. Mm -hmm. it's, so I think most of the time people are just thrilled to get that call. It's hard to reach out and ask for help, but it's amazing being asked for help. This is something that happens that makes me feel like the most supported by, I'll call it the universe, is when I don't want to ask for help. And then somebody calls me mm. or texts me. This happened very recently. Uh, mm. And somebody texted me and he's like, just check it in. How are things going? The next day we got on a call and it was, it was really a call that I needed to have. And that surprises me still, but it makes me feel like I get off of that call. I'm like, okay, like, what do you want to call it? There's a power out there that's kind of looking after us. And that helps me have more faith. That feeling of like, we need to have all the control and then realizing that we don't is like, tough <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's tough to uh to manage that and still want to do things like that ability to surrender a little bit mm -hmm. the control i feel like the turning point was karen karen was kessler like, yeah <laughs> what an amazing human yes what do you like was there something specific about what she said or her story that resonated with you i think she made it feel within reach like there was, I was leading up to this decision mm -hmm. and then we met Karen. And before that, it was just like something out there that was a little bit outside of my reach. And then I think what it was, was like the way she talked to us about navigating change and building a support network, yeah. just making things look not quite as big, right? Right, right, yeah. It's like making steps toward like this is the kind of the structure that you build to create the exactly. bridge, you know? The bridge doesn't just happen because it feels like magic that the bridge would just be created. Exactly. She made it easy to see that there are steps involved and there's actually a method to the madness in, in managing this change. So after that, I felt like it was doable. And mm -hmm. then we just kept meeting people who've done amazing things. And I think the podcast has been a huge support. I don't think I could have done this without the podcast because of the people that I've that we've been able to talk to and it's it happens more often than not that I need to talk to that person mm -hmm. when we're talking to them yeah it aligns weirdly well exactly yeah <laughs> a very comforting thought is the idea that it's never too late like we have this very linear understanding of what a life looks like you know it's like you go to school you go to do your work mm. and then you retire and like that's mm. it's a very like there's five steps or something and that's your life and we just keep seeing examples after examples whether it's because i don't think we're seeking them out i think they're just coming to us <laughs> that it's like this is the type of uh stories that are are very interesting to me it's like mm. people that in all kinds of ways have made big changes in their lives at a time that traditionally you might say, oh no, like these are the, you have to live with the choices that you've made up to now. And then mm. you just continue with that. Um, and they have been in, in my eyes, very brave and, yeah. and capable to, to make those changes happen and, and be mm. successful at it. It's like, Kim blows my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dr. Kim from, mm -hmm. 
being a very successful at her nursing career, having a family, like being at a stage in her life where you could think like you're comfortable now, like you can like mm -hmm. now uh, continue building on the huge yeah platform you've built for your life and and keep keep enjoying it. But at the same time, she's like, I also want to go to med school and become a doctor at this point yeah. and just blow everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge example. Again, what I needed to hear at the time. And then she ended that episode with, like, if I could just go and tell everybody that you are more capable than you think you are. Oh, yeah. I don't remember how she worded yeah, it. Yeah, she yeah. was overly humble and said, oh, I don't <laughs> think I can word it properly. But then she just knocked it mm -hmm. out of the park and said she'll have people come to her and mm -hmm. ask her for guidance. And what she sees the most often is just the self-doubt, which she openly admitted she had as well. But the message was, if you can, if you could only see how capable you are, you can do amazing things. Yeah, I love that. And it was almost like, if you are doing what you want to be doing, right, you can do amazing things. Like there was mm -hmm. that element. It's like, what what's motivating you is really key and important. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like her example because uh, like Steph, the both made these kind of shifts that there were seeds early in their lives that might tell them this is what they want to do mm -hmm. in in Stephanie's case it was to be a teacher but there was self-doubt or circumstances that prevented you from following that path mm -hmm. earlier and then at some point in life you say yeah that's what I that's the thing and and, and actually go out of your way to make it happen yeah. um without using the honestly very easy excuse of well that's too late for me like exactly <laughs> I, I hear people saying well it's too late for me and they're like in their late 20s you know like yeah. it's like <laughs> diana also was like i'm gonna be entrepreneur but i i like this idea that it's not just entrepreneurship because we have so many examples of going into mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and, and your journey through this is you know we're all captivated it's not just that it could be anything it could be any yeah. interpretation of following your what would you say your dream i think yeah following your dream and putting aside the notion that you need to it needs to be safe and steady and stable mm. like what you do there's like following your dream i'm using lots of hand yeah, speaking yeah. <laughs> that nobody can see there's following your dream but there's also the pressure to do something that is stable and makes money and earns a normal income that you can build a life with and often for me anyways that pressure mm. i think was greater than the yeah. pressure to do what you love but at some point That's it just keeps point. hitting you i think this happens to everybody some people say yes to it i had a mm -hmm. boss when i left my last job who said good for you i'm almost jealous because i had this moment in my mm. life around your age and I decided to stay and stick it out and it hurt but here I am and I'm proud of you for saying yes to it wow I'll never forget that guy that yeah. he might be on the show actually yeah so a few people are jumping up Nick mm -hmm. the theater designer followed from high school I want to say like mm -hmm. he always said yes I'm gonna do this I love it I'm good at it who knows if I'll make money doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he did what he loved and he was really good at it. And now he's a successful theater designer in Toronto. Exactly. You see these things where it's like, oh, like we might be the types of people who like gravitate towards calculating the odds. What are yeah. the odds that this will get me to X? Or what are the mm -hmm. odds? There's so, so such few positions like this. What are the odds that it'll be me? Uh, and 
and I feel like the way he talked about it, that never really entered his calculations. Mm -hmm. Like he was almost like, this is what I want to do. And then he, there's a level of like trust that things will work out. And like, regardless of what that means and if they work out or not, it's you're doing what you want to do. And that's the important part. Yeah. I love the interviews where I ask about money and they're just kind of like, what, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, that's not a factor it's so far out of my perspective that it's fascinating to watch i was gonna say there's somebody else who did that mateo yeah mateo was amazing because he took he took a topic that i feel like is uncomfortable for people and he just put it in your face like we're Mm -hmm. gonna talk about autism he spent years building a way to put it in front of a crowd and say okay now you guys have to talk about it and this is my experience with it that was very cool that was very cool and like right now he's yeah it's so again it'd be easy to based on his circumstances based on his experience with school to say it's not for me i you know it would be very difficult for me to make it in this world i have all these obstacles and he is like you know energizing us like (laughs) it's the other way around he doesn't need people to motivate him he is so i mean not that he hasn't had people motivate him but he doesn't need that it seems to come from within this like fire this like energy to make things happen and the fact that there's obstacles it's almost even it's expected for him and he's just like yeah i will overcome those like it's exactly what i need to do as you were saying that malia popped into my head so at the beginning of her episode we were asking her to just tell us a bit about sma and it was very the way they described it made it feel right away that it's just something that makes things look different yes i have this thing like i can still go out and do these things i can still canoe and ski and hike it just looks different for me and then the conversation quickly went to what have we accomplished she yeah absolutely yeah People in this group, they wouldn't let these obstacles become their defining characteristic or right. their their defining like limitation that defines what they can and cannot do, what dreams exactly. they can pursue. It's interesting in this uh, batch of interviewees, <laughs> batch of guests, we also had a lot of motivations related to social causes. I think mm. that how you're motivated, when you're motivated to be to do things beyond yourself and, and focus on others it seems to be really, really energizing. When you're, you're looking at obstacles and when you're doing that, it, you're looking at yourself, right? And yeah. you're focused on, this is difficult for me. This is the, the struggles that I have. And mm-hmm. this, you know, you kind of can fall into feeling sorry for yourself and feeling bad and um, like a victim, I guess. And yeah. these people we talk to, they focus on other people or other beings because <laughs> yeah. there's a wide variety. And and they express that in so many ways from like nonprofits with Georgina, like devoting her life, you know, to, yeah. to taking care of wolf dogs and by creating this nonprofit and just so focused on the, the these animals need her. Yeah. Um, and then there's like Zach with his creating a business an entrepreneur because capitalism is a thing we we have and use that as a tool to look out for his like vegan values and and make an impact in the world that way um not not just maybe 
tell people to do without, but give alternatives and mm-hmm. give better ways and give access to alternatives. Yeah, I don't know. Those are a couple examples, but I think it's a few people that we talked to that <clears throat> Malia, of course, that's why it came into my mind. Yeah. She's so focused on donating to good causes mm-hmm. alongside her work. And Merit, a part of her life was devoted to that. It's like they were going after these things fueled by a good cause. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't money. It wasn't fame. It was like helping people. Yeah, I feel like that that way of fueling yourself is so much more powerful. And if you can align with something like that, it, you just take off like nothing else. Everything else just comes along with it. You're fueled by something you're passionate about and, and you're helping people and you're you're giving, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're being that person that you wish you had, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Like I think about Matteo and he's like seeing the uh, the audience and sometimes some kids with autism in the audience and their impression after they see one of his plays and they kind of feel like their story is being told or their yep. perspective is being shared. And and that's and that seems very motivating to him, which mm-hmm. you completely understand that the impact is so clear and so immediate. Like you reading to the kids, like seeing their reactions, right? Seeing how they're yeah. enjoying things. Yeah. I think the topic of resilience was a powerful one this year. Big time. I'm blown away by how resilient a human can be. I feel grateful that we had a handful of people brave enough to come on and tell their story and be open to questions. And I think almost every time I was nervous, like, can I word it this way? Can I ask this question? Am I digging too deep? Am I going to offend someone? Mm-hmm. And in every case, the conversation was so much more comfortable than I imagined it going, purely because of how open they were to talk about it. Yeah. You have to be very open, very vulnerable to talk about kind of the hardest things you've gone through. Like, I, I, I want to echo how, like, our, our deep appreciation for that, because yeah. it's... It's very difficult. I mean, it's it's nice and um, still giving to talk about your successes and talk about all the great things you've mm-hmm. you've accomplished. That's very inspiring to people. Uh, I think it's inspiring to me. But mm-hmm. but talking about the hardest things and when you were the lowest is, and how you've made it through that is mm-hmm. so powerful. And I think those episodes. I'm thinking about Steve Berendrat and Alex Lang and Danielle Goche. Um, I'm missing someone. Merit, Merit Minimai. Yeah. Like they've all been through some very painful things. A lot of people in the world have been through some very painful things. And having the ability to sit down for two hours to talk about it, it's so educational. Like yes. We received the most feedback from those episodes. And I'm not talking like, great episode, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. like, you changed my whole week possibly month possibly career trajectory like yeah some of the feedback has been mind-blowing after those episodes so i agree that the word perspective definitely comes to mind as you said earlier it's like i think these episodes really have brought a huge perspective shift i think when merit talks about the loss that she experienced with her first husband and how devastating it was in every single way and that when she got to that lowest point, what it brought her was feeling again like she was in her body, like having yeah. that connection once again with herself. And and that was a turning point where she was able to connect back with herself. Mm-hmm. Is I you know, I of course I can't even imagine it, but it's such a 
interesting perspective that you'd never see is like what can come out of the worst moments and mm -hmm. and a new a new chapter began after that and how yeah. uh she's you know continued building this amazing life and helping people in many ways mm -hmm. one cool thing that came out of i think all of these is the statement that they're grateful like they mm. found gratitude for experiencing this because it's made them who they are like mm. i remember steve saying that many times and you and i were kind of looking at each other like how how do you send great gratitude to someone who treats you like that but he was able to do it because he was able to find i guess his purpose it empowered him to see who he could be and who he was right. and that he that he could overcome things and then allowed him to reach really really big accomplishments that based on his beginnings it's remarkable that he could mm -hmm. make that huge of a career and and there's no reason why you would expect that from his beginnings and right. and yet he was able to make that happen you you know i guess resilience again comes to mind mm -hmm. as like building that resilience and i think for steve he seems to me the prime example i've probably met or heard of in my life of like just being able to see the good and the bad of every situation and every mm -hmm. person and yeah. truly see it even in the worst cases of very deep personal hurt and yeah. and impact like negative impact to his life and himself that he still legitimately sincerely see and appreciate the good mm -hmm. is is such a huge example to me that it's yeah. again so perspective is like oh if he can do that in those situations then what's stopping me right like and yeah. and it's not just because it's the right thing to do or something it's clearly good for him and good for his life how he interprets these things those definitely were the episodes that made me think the most i would add masood under that because we, we we didn't have a chance to talk about masood he was back That's from true. the batch of last year but it even though it may not feel necessarily as dramatic as some of the other stories or traumatic as um you know, even Danielle's stories and, and mm -hmm. how she overcame the trauma from her childhood is still having your life uprooted and having some situations lead to like restricted opportunities or having to make career shifts that you maybe didn't have in mind. It wasn't your dream to go there. It wasn't mm -hmm. your passion. You didn't make a choice necessarily. Things kind of happened around you. Mm -hmm. But the resilience to make the absolute best of where you are and see how you can help others and how you can uh, put your own brand into your work and your yeah. own style into it and find the joy in that. That was also like, uh, I would put it in the same bucket of just the resilience and perspective that we really uh, can use sometimes. I like the putting your own brand on everything. He also spoke about the timing, like, a universal timing, which was really cool to hear about. Nobody has talked to us like that. It was, again, that feeling of surrendering a little, right? He was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to get out of the country, and it wasn't happening. And he couldn't figure out why, and he just let it go. And when he surrendered, mm -hmm. then all of the stars aligned, and within a very short period, everything came together, and he was gone. But it took him saying, okay, it's like stop forcing like stop just muscling your way through this mm -hmm. that's not how things work and he didn't see it in the moment but he saw it afterwards tommy is here one sec all right welcome back angela <laughs> welcome back trevor it's For like those, we never left <laughs> yeah it's like we never left 
because of editing, nobody else will know what just happened. <laughs> but there was, what, 24 hours? More than 24 hours in between the last 30 seconds ago and this moment now mm-hmm. um, where Trevor was... He had to leave to go do something important and <laughs> tend to his family. Yes. That's the that's Trevor we know and love. <laughs> that's... So I will say, yesterday was, a, I'm just going to admit it, yesterday mm-hmm. was a bit of a disaster for me. Yesterday was a hard day. Tommy mm-hmm. also said the same thing. Today Aww. was a hard day as he was going to bed yesterday. <laughs> because it was. We, believe it or not, we have bad days here in our house too. And um, I said this to you later in the day, but I think in um in hindsight we probably should have delayed the recording of this episode just because my my family was they were having a hard day and they Mm -hmm. needed all of us all hands on deck (laughs) and i like i often do kind of muscle my way through things if they're Mm -hmm. if they're not going well and it's something i'm working on um as opposed to taking a breath and admitting not defeat, just admitting that, okay, maybe there's something I need to focus on and it's going to take a deep breath and some time to focus. And what is the highest priority? So I learned a lesson yesterday. Thank you, Angela, from the bottom of my heart for your support. And for all our listeners who don't have any clue what we're talking about, (laughs) I just want to say that it's okay to lower the veil sometimes and just admit that not everybody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. No, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And we, we all have bad days. How's your personal life, Angela? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Please Things are open good. Up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, you know, you say nobody's perfect. And even that I say, that's not even like, I don't know. It's like pointing to some kind of flaw or fault that, you're working to overcome and in reality it's just part of life to deal with the circumstances it's not even you're not perfect or nobody's perfect it's the circumstances aren't perfect we can't perfectly plan out life and how we react to the unexpected and the unplanned is is i think what makes life more fun if we when we get to be more conscious that things are not under our control so i had this uh plan today to be fully focused on some stuff I had to get done some like chores type things and I just was booking and counting on having the full day like it's like it's been a scattered week but this day I just it'll be fine because I have all day to work on this thing and then my mom surprised me visiting me yesterday and then we had talked to before about she's going to help me get some plants and then it was it was even though we talked about it before it was a surprise because she was in the kind of in the neighborhood and said she could come by and then asked like oh do you want to go for plants tomorrow and I had that moment of hesitancy of like oh but like I had booked the whole day to work on this thing thank goodness I had like that extra second to be like that stuff is going to get done anyway. Like yeah. how many days am I going to have the chance to do this like really fun thing with my mom, like book time, enjoy the weather, enjoy the spring, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm obviously my example is very nice. It's not always going to be very nice, but even that I think it's in some worlds, it would be very easy for me to say, oh no, I can't. Like I have yeah. to do the things, you know, that I have to do you know, <laughs> in the balance of like what I'm going to remember 10 years from now, it's not going to be that. 
it's I'm proud of you guys when you say thank you you don't need to thank me I'm really proud of you guys you said a good example of like reacting to what needs to happen that was mm -hmm. not the plan and that's life if everything went according to plan it'd be boring it's like the the lesson is almost like release control like yes <laughs> it comes back around it's like yes Danielle was good at that when in her episode talked a lot about releasing the need to be in control of everything that's something I'm working on and you said something really cool in 10 years what are we going to remember yes are you going to remember that it's like oh I can't believe we had to split that episode recording in two or are you going to remember that you took care of your family when they needed you and you were mm -hmm. able to have some a little bit more peace than you were trying to aim yeah. for <laughs> yeah that's a good point we were just finishing up talking about resilience and all the great lessons we learned and a special shout out to Alex, Alex yes. Lang, who was an amazing guest. And he brought us some really impactful perspective about how he has dealt with some very unfortunate and challenging uh, medical situations in his life as, uh, as an example of the different things he's had to overcome and mm -hmm. just his attitude towards that and his vulnerability to express it hasn't always been that he's had to learn how to develop that attitude shift and how um, he's dealing with things now and and thriving in spite of all these difficulties mm. was um i know a very impactful lesson to to multiple listeners and and yeah. for sure for me so thank you alex for sharing that and that no was kidding. another example of um perspective watching him go about his day like mm -hmm. he walked into our house he asks for a black coffee which is ridiculous who drinks a black coffee it's too much it's too much for me <laughs> no offense to any black coffee drinkers <laughs> matthew if you're listening his mantra of uh he says lean into the discomfort lean lean into mm -hmm. the uncomfortable he, he wakes up he has a cold shower every morning gets his mm -hmm. dopamine going apparently i tried it after and it was just mis miserable but <laughs> i could see the benefit of it and it's really inspiring to watch him do that because we're all like we're all searching for this really comfortable space i feel mm -hmm. like it's so easy to just fall into something that's comfortable and by pushing your limits on that i think you grow a lot and makes you appreciate the comfort more when you force yourself to experience discomfort. That's true. And it makes you, I, I think the, the definition of resilience is like the next time something doesn't go right or how you expected, you develop this confidence in yourself that it will be okay anyway. Like you yeah. will, you will get through it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, no, they were great examples. And when you say, uh, seek discomfort, a the person that comes to mind is Robbie. Even though like lots oh, of our guests, yeah. I don't know why they think of Robbie, maybe one of the most recent guests who discussed uh his experience just putting himself out there with things mm -hmm. that are not necessarily uh, expected of him, definitely. And yeah. it both in terms of like building a business, like going from from a engineering type traditional career, but also pole dancing studio mm -hmm. type business and himself putting uh you know his opposite of that situation to be competing and training mm -hmm. in very harsh environments no kidding. <laughs> being <laughs> stepped on by two people to get a really oh. deep stretch <laughs> i still can't believe when he's like oh no none of the injuries like 
stuck around kind of like everything is yeah. like you know, i get injured all no the time but i just heal really quickly yeah exactly it's like oh, it's, <laughs> i guess i've never warmed up that much <laughs> Yeah, I'm that no resilient <laughs> to Me pain. Neither. And Robbie also comes up in terms of like community building. So yeah. that's what did you think about the guests that are are putting effort into kind of building communities around their topics of passion or interest? Well, this is a good this is a good topic because I I feel like to me anyways it wasn't intentional like the topic of community I didn't intend to mm -hmm. go out intentionally go find people who are building community they yeah. just started appearing and yeah. we we're talking about Robbie so we can continue with him um, mm -hmm. what he was able to do is able to do has been able to do is build a community around um, an activity that traditionally i would say has um a stigma associated to it and in doing so he's empowered people to feel comfortable with themselves and in mm -hmm. their own skin and that in itself when you're with a group of 10 people all doing the same thing all being themselves all being proud of themselves and cheering each other on i think there's no greater way to build community Absolutely. And then he okay. takes it a step further all the time. Like he's now he's got a bubble tea cafe and it, uh, he can serve coffee and he's making co-working spaces in this studio all mm -hmm. with the intention of having three people from very different backgrounds all sit together and, and develop a deep and meaningful relationship. Yeah, the, totally. He's obviously very conscious about it, but I think it's almost was surprising to him when it started to happen right like yes. again he just was thinking i could use this as my man cave like this is a thing that i want to make for myself and if other people can enjoy it as well then that's great and then yeah. he didn't necessarily expect the community building to happen around that but once he saw it he's going out of his way to to, to cater to that and to continue building that up even mm -hmm. like creating events and all of uh, the things that he does i think i could see the pole dancing studio being an activity for many people is very different from their everyday lives and i think mm -hmm. they can find it easier to lower their guard clearly to already be putting themselves like out of their comfort zone in that way yeah. then you might as well make friends out of it and you seems like there's great friendships being created so that's no really kidding who else talked about community gayatri and anshu they pop into my head Big time. Around empathy and storytelling and bringing unlikely people together. Mm -hmm. They do really incredible work. It's Yeah, absolutely. It's admirable and super uh, interesting to see because it's both the maybe event planning and, you know, or organizing aspect of it. But it's especially the giving people tools mm -hmm. to then take those tools and build their own communities, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a single community. It's just like spreading this knowledge about how to be better to each other. And accept each other, I feel like. Like accepting people for who they are truly and listening to their story and not jumping to solve something for them or being an expert, just just being with them and hearing their story. Good work, Gayatri and Anshu. Good work. And and again, uh, lowering barriers and not being afraid of things that we don't understand, uh, people's situations that we don't understand, making assumptions, uh, mm -hmm. like the unlikely friends, like mantra of like, you can find commonality in unlikely mm -hmm. places. Yeah. It was 
really cool idea and you can see how they're making it come to life in their work that they do yeah it's like when you when you find a best friend like you mm-hmm. you meet them somewhere you start talking you start finding all these things that you wouldn't have expected to have in common and all of a sudden you're having this like amazing conversation well they're doing that intentionally which is a cool thing to think about that you could even do that intentionally but they are they're, they've made it happen they have it on video <laughs> <laughs> there's evidence so, yeah so yeah that was cool yeah that's cool and if you think about probably many of us are best friends or people that we get along with the most there's some things that we really understand each other and we have in common and then there's the interesting part of we're complete opposites and that's That's why we gravitate to each other because you you learn more that way and it's just more interesting yeah you're accepting of those opposites how about steve f steve foran as a community builder yes like i love his app i've been checking it out one billion happier people one billion happier people yeah, this this platform where people get to share what they're grateful for mm-hmm. um, on a frequent basis, and so you get to, I guess he calls them consume gratitudes. I like the yeah. term. Get to and and it is perspective again. It's a good word. It's like oh, it reminds us to be grateful, take mm-hmm. time, see the positive side of things. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff on there. The other day, somebody posted. It might have even been him. Like I'm grateful for my leftover dinner. Like I've, he had a funny name for it. It was like fridge dinner or something. But uh, but then I started thinking, oh, yeah, like it's pretty cool <laughs> to not have to cook and have still delicious food sitting in your fridge. That's something to be grateful for. And it's so simple. And that's a good example of consuming gratitudes working for you because it's just things you don't think about that also are probably happening in your life as well. And yeah. it just makes you take notice of, of the good things and the good way we have it. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, and I think another theme that we saw in, in the interviews, I, this is probably, we've seen this before as well, but more of this of people going out of their way to tell their story and share their experience with others, whether that means, Mm. uh, publishing a book like Mm -hmm. Steve or Danielle have done, or even just again, building a community around their expertise to help others like Karen Kessler has done with her uh, entrepreneur coaching business uh, where she's, it sounds like an awesome space for people to learn together and and, uh, benefit from the lessons she's learned and again, keep helping each other. Yeah, she calls it, what does she call it? Interdependency? Interdependency, yeah. So good. Where you're not dependent on somebody, but you work together dependently. I'm not doing it justice. She describes (laughs) it way better than me. But everybody has a piece of cake. She Mm -hmm. she talks about everyone's piece of cake. And it's just something that comes easy to you, something you're good at. You can bang out in 10 seconds, whereas somebody else might take half an hour. Mm -hmm. And we all share that piece of cake. And you can make great things happen that way. Talk about community building. Yeah, because it, it, it talk about lowering the barriers because this one's specifically yeah. about like we talked about this earlier in this episode, like asking for help is such a hard thing and mm-hmm. learning not just to ask for help, but how to ask for help in a way that cultivates that community rather mm-hmm. than just being selfish, which is probably our fear when we don't want to ask for help. From sharing her story point of view and that being uh, meaningful to me, I, I really liked Danielle. Uh, 
Daniel mm-hmm. Gaucher's memoir and her, you know, um, sharing with us her story. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it just really, I honestly like, haven't stopped thinking about it. Like every time that, okay, I think it's been a thing that we've, has become more common to talk about like negative feelings are okay. It's not bad to feel whatever negative feeling you may be feeling. You just have to process it. But somehow her telling her story made it feel more down to earth for me, where now I'm very conscious of it. Like if I uh, see someone struggling, I like welcome, I don't shy away from seeing them feel bad. And now Mm. I feel bad and I don't want them to feel bad. I just like, I want to embrace that with them and say, it's okay. Like this is this is what it is and you have to feel it and I'm here for you, but not like let's remove it and stop it and hide it. Mm-hmm. And like, actually everything is okay. Uh, it's, it's a really hard thing for me to do honestly, but I think I'm so much more conscious of that now. Yeah. It's like this yucky, sticky feeling that you just want to get rid of, get rid of it as fast as you can. And now it's you, you're able to sit with it. That's very powerful, Angela. I'm proud of you. Good job. <laughs> Well, thanks to Danielle. Uh, yeah. yeah, you just never know how what you share is going to stick with others. And no kidding. How they're going to think about it. Wow. What a roster that we've had. <laughs> yeah, I've, that was a I lot. I feel so grateful. Like when I have a moment to step back and like it was, I think you said 19 guests. 19 since guests our last since up. we last uh, did our 1 to 12. <laughs> so that's. And the range of people that we've had on. So I guess we should take a moment to say thanks to our guests for coming on and sharing that story. That it's we've created a very cool project, and I feel so lucky to get to do this. Thank and you. I'm excited to see where it goes and continue learning. Speaking of where it goes, do we have any new uh, news to share on the direction of Inspiring Neighbors podcast? I mean, I just want to first shout out to you for making the website redesign and having it be so beautiful. <laughs> that Thank was you. Uh, lovely. So if you guys haven't visited the website recently, I know uh, probably many people like I do get their podcast from a podcast app and don't have to go to the website, but check it out because it looks beautiful. Thanks to Trevor's uh, nice work. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Check out the website, inspire.captivate.fm. It's beefed up, renewed, rejuvenated. It has two amazing bios, if I say so myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are your hosts? Uh, one more real than the other. But <laughs> yeah, one one is written by one person, and the other is also written by the same person. You guys can guess who wrote them. Mm-hmm. I added a page for anyone wanting to support us. So at the if you go to the, if you do go to the website and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a link there that if you have any desire to support our show and our team and the work that we're doing, then gives you a chance to do so. Um, basically, just a tip: if you want to buy Angela a coffee, please buy Angela a coffee. She loves coffee, so feel free to do so. What else? I think we are going to take a break over the summer, right? We should tell mm-hmm. our listeners. Uh, so we have a, a small handful of guests that'll get issued after this episode. And then uh, we're going to take a much needed break for ourselves over the summer. Enjoy the sunshine. And we don't know quite how long it might be. Probably maybe a couple months, maybe July and August. Uh, back in September for sure. So 
It'll give everyone chance to catch up on all the episodes that they haven't heard yet. Because I keep hearing from our loyal listeners that <laughs> they're falling behind. <laughs> in addition to that support link that's on our website, there's also a section in that same link for memberships where Angela and I are just talking about ways that we can bring you guys, the listeners, more and create like a like a subscription product that you can subscribe to, show your support for us, and we can give you more content or create live events we've discussed. So there's some really cool, exciting ideas that we're brainstorming. Um, I'd also encourage anyone out there, if you have a great idea that you'd like to see happen with Inspiring Neighbors podcast, let us know. We'd love to hear them. And if there's one thing we like doing, it's workshopping ideas. So <laughs> let us have it. One thing, one more thing I wanted to ask is for rating. Wherever you listen to your podcast, there's often a chance to give us a five-star rating. If you feel called to do so, please do that. That's a good way to show su your support as well. If, you, yes. if you're listening to this and you have five extra seconds, then open your app and give us a rating. We love to see them. It's encouraging and motivating for us, and, and it helps the show. Helps us reach more people. And thanks for listening and sticking with us all this time. It's uh, super fun to have you be a part of this. Amen. It wouldn't be the same without you guys. <laughs> <laughs>